Welcome to Invite with the Tribe this week, brought to you through the Thinkers Workshop. I'm your host, Micah Gadia, and I'm joined by several of our awesome Thinkers Workshop members today. Sean is unable to join us, which is so sad. Um, and today we're talking about language and your brain. I did not realize how fascinating this uh, little wormhole that I just went down would be, um, but it really is an amazing uh it's an amazing thing to learn about as far as your thought processes. So we've got Chris with us and Dan with us. Chris is our bilingual joke teller. So I'll check in with both of them later. Um, let me just share. Do you do either of you know about the Bow Wow theory? No. You can shake your head. No. Um, so I learned like where people were like, where did language come from originally? And um, the Bow Wow theory was my favorite because don't you love that name? And that theory says we learned it from animals. Like we mimicked the sounds that animals made. So I love that. Um, some theories were that it was divine intervention. Um, some theories were more evolutionary. It just kind of developed. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining the uh, grunting with the rocks and stuff. Um, you know, two grunts would equal something else and three grunts would equal. And that just kind of naturally developed through our history on each little piece of the planet. Um, a few little quick language facts. There are more than 7,000 languages spoken on earth right now, 2,400 of which are um, becoming extinct. So 2,400 unspoken languages. Um, I had mentioned that I was, I had learned that you need to learn a language by the time you were 14. That was like your best development opportunity. It is actually 10. They have new research studies showing that you need to, if, if you're going to be a native fluent speaker of a language, then it's best to learn that by 10. That does not mean you can't learn it later in life. Um, like I am going to suggest to you at the end of this <laughs> or all the way through this um, little chat, I definitely, definitely recommend um, learning a new language. And I thought that it would be a spoken language, but the one I'm gonna recommend most because this was the most fascinating piece of information that I got today, or this is the one that impacted me the most. If you know or have learned sign language, your spatial awareness is much, much better than people who do not know sign language. I think that's fascinating. Um, and then, oh my gosh, I have two full pages of notes. So let me just go through them. And then I have some questions for you, um, Chris and Dan. Um, I love this language is literally the heart of being a human being. Like you guys are listening to me right now. I'm seeing your faces. You're seeing my faces and we're communicating and I'm creating um, such fondness because I see you guys week after week and hear you week after week. And so I just, I really want to highlight how beautiful language is between people and how grateful I am uh, to be able to do it so well. You know, some people can't. And our human intellect and creativity takes language and so this, like authors, musicians, um, thinkers, speakers, anything, we take the language that we're given and we take that intellect and creativity and how it all kind of works together in this beautiful jumbo. And we put out brand new ways of seeing things. So like, Chris, when you tell a joke, you're putting language together and giving us a new way. Dan, when you're speaking to your congregation, 
you know, you're using that language and you're creating a new way for everyone around you to experience. So that is the absolute power of language and how our thoughts and processes affects our intellect and our creativity. Um, do either of you know who Daniel Tama is? No, he's a savant and um, he is the one who learned, I put a link in the workshop earlier. He learned Icelandic, which is one of the hardest languages to learn in less than a week. Um, and so learning from him, he actually has a language learning place. He's, he is amazing. We have been followers of him. My son wanted to be a savant, just like Daniel Tammet when we were, first learned about him. I'm always celebrating Pi Day with him. Uh, the biggest thing I want you to know, yes, I'm going to continue to say to learn a new language, specifically sign language, if you want to get um, better, stronger path, neural pathways for your spatial awareness. Uh, but you're never too old to update and change your neural pathways as far as language is concerned. So you can go on to, what are they, Babel? Um, I did the other one that started with a D. I forget that one. Um, but you're never too old to strengthen those pathways and to learn new creativity um, and things of that sort when you are learning and exposing yourself to a new language. Um, let's get into questions. I'll start with you, Chris. I know, I know you. What is your relationship with language? Like you have one or two, you, how many languages do you know? Well, I speak Greek fluently because I grew up in Greece, of course. I speak English with a heavy accent and we can discuss accents and other, maybe another section, which you can never lose for some reason because of the, of your muscle, your tongue muscle never learns anything other ways. Right. But uh, one thing I'm very, like when you talk about sign language in the army, I was in the, in the Greek army, which is a, it's a must do. I want to 18 years old. You have to serve two years in the army. Mm. I was, um, I was in the um, communication uh, area, which is, Back then, I don't use it now. We used to use Morse code. On a few Morse yes. code. Morse code is basically you communicating with the the dashes and the dots, right? But because you do it every day in communicating, you don't have to think. You, it's almost like your uh, muscle. So you so you communicate right. with a, a whole language with only combination of two long and short. So. It's fascinating that, uh, of course, when you first learning, is you just have to try it. It's like a new language, right? But then right. I, I have to think about it. It's just this, it's almost like a sign language. It's just go like that. Your, your finger goes like that, and you communicate immediately as if we're dis discussing a whole sentences. So that's one exposure I had that I had to learn. In my last 20 years, I learned Japanese. I oh. speak Japanese. Um, not fluently, but uh, I can communicate. I worked for Japanese for 20 years, so I spent in Japan for a year at one point. So I can order, I can walk around and say, What I should know my wa, Chris Des, New York, and things like that. <laughs> walk around, but uh, that was my exposure. Yeah, I want to recommend um, that is my coffee cup, my tea cup hitting my thing. I want to recommend, did you guys see that movie with um, what's his name, Cumberbatch? And he did the Enigma. Oh my God! And well, what and what they did? I mean, this is based on a true story. I think Dan, you're shaking your head. Um, the the um, rhythm of the Morse code for each person was individual, <laughs> right? And so they would know exactly which 
person was doing the thing just based on the rhythm of the dots and the dashes. Yes. Language. Oh my God. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. Dan, what about you? What's your like experience with language so far? Are you only an English speaker? Yeah, I only speak English. Um, I I took four years of Spanish when <laughs> I got out of high school. That was all lost to me. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, I don't, I don't, uh, don't really have never really had a desire until, you know, until just recently to to learn a new language. I I'd like to learn Greek. Um, oh. There we go. <laughs> okay. You know, simply one of the big reasons is, is, you know, English translation of Greek words is there's, they're very yeah. different. And so I think some of your meaning gets lost, you know, for me as a, as a pastor, some of the meaning gets lost. So I, I've yeah. thought about taking some Greek classes. Um, uh, my son, my son speaks uh, Mandarin. Um, well, not brilliant. fluently. Yep. But uh, he he can communicate uh, uh, relatively well with that. Um, but uh, Mandarin, I I've, I've seen him struggle for three years with that, and uh, I don't you know just <laughs> very difficult, very difficult. Yeah, it's new sounds. Like the whole thing yeah. is new sounds. Like I tried, yeah. I went to Russia and tried to learn Russian, and just to say hello, Strasbuche is like sixteen <laughs> syllables to say hello. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stay, you know, single languaged. Right. Yeah. So I did. Oh, go ahead, Dan. Yep. I did That's just it. talk to my son and he, um, it, he was telling me about fascia, fascia, the, um, so when a part of your brain gets damaged, and we talk about this, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, other parts will make up for that damage. Right. So my uncle had a stroke and he, you know, my aunt's like, well, what do you want on your pizza? Well, what happens is like, you don't have that word. And so it, your the other parts of your brain will try to substitute for that. So his specific issue was, he would say uh, marshmallows, right? He wanted mushrooms. But he was, so his thing was always the first letter would compensate, but it wouldn't be the correct word. And so that's the other thing I think that, you know, um, learning a new language, like even if you've had a stroke, I think can probably help rewire some of that. The other thing I want to see 70% of our brains, I think this is correct, is made up of water. So please drink your water. Like <laughs> they said that that is absolutely healthy. It seems so small. It seems like we're supposed to do it for every single thing. Um, but having that much water weight in our little neural pathways, I think is incredibly um, important. So here's the next question that I had for you. Well, you know, I'm going to go with a new question. What is a fact about language that you find interesting? And the reason I asked that is my son came up with like eight different new facts that just when I was talking and right before the call. And so is there anything about language that you know that interests you? Well, the one thing I get a lot of languages like French, Greek, they every word it's, uh, it's, it's not found in English. Actually, every word is either feminine or masculine, yep. they call it. So it gets adds a little more complexity because like a chair is a feminine and a table is a masculine. So in and the reason it adds complexity because you it changes the, the ending of a word. 
So that's another thing that is fascinating throughout languages. And I'm trying to find out what's the origin of that, you know, who actually decided. Right, right, right. A chair is feminine, for example, and a masculine. It's an interesting thing. That is. My ex-boyfriend was was French. Yeah. Um, It's so funny because I was thinking about this. My Actually, my ex-husband is um, Gujarati. He was Asian Indian. And then my ex-boyfriend was, you know, he was born in France. So, um, but he said that it was much easier to describe more of a spiritual language in French and English was much more of a practical language. Like, so we're good at instructions. We're, you know, we're good at describing Mm -hmm. linear things. Um, Whereas other language are much more fluid and I want to say more feminine. Yeah. Well, in Greek language, for example, my priest always uses this uh, agape, which means love, I guess. There you go, Dan. Take notes. (laughs) It it has so many meanings, and it depends how you use it. It's an interesting thing. Is the love for someone, like your brother, a love for erotic love for your wife, for your girlfriend? And then the uh, friendship, the friendship, philo, philo, Mm. philotimos. The philo means the friend of something. So uh, it depends how you use it. It you You can actually either embarrass yourself, or you actually can be more direct how you use that love. So it's an interesting uh, word. (laughs) The Scots have over 420 words for snow and Hawaiians (laughs) have more than 200 words for rain, Hmm. different types of rain. And so, you know, and in English, it's fascinating. And then I think, oh, yeah, we are much more linear um, in our in our language. Dan, any language facts that you like are like, that's so cool. I just I I think it's interesting how the same word in English uh, in America means something completely different than um, say English in uh, England or or in Australia. The oh, same yes. word. Mm, yep. it, it, we all use the same word, but we may have different meanings for it. For for instance, biscuit. Biscuit oh, is yeah. something you eat with with uh, with gravy. Uh, or, Bojangles, or, right? Yeah, and and. Uh, Biscuit uh, in England, from what I understand, is 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 basically like a shortbread cookie. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I would never put, uh, I would never invite somebody in England to have biscuits and gravy because that doesn't make sense to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's interesting how uh, words convey meaning rather than the opposite. Yeah. Right. So I I find that interesting. And that's the other thing with Zoom. We've had a very different relationship with people. Like I would like to see your whole, like I'm seeing your shoulder and yes, I would like to see the whole body language thing. And that's the other super impactful thing that we have struggled with, um, you know, through 2020 is not being able to fully communicate um, right. because our language is what they say, our, um, body language is 80% of our mm-hmm. communication. And we have missed that for 2020. So right. body language um, is, is important. Well, I mean, with the masks on, you can't actually uh, like smiling or whatever. So, well, well, there are people that, uh, that cannot hear very well and yeah. they focus on reading lips and they've, they have basically for the past year, they have been, uh, they've been, you know, they've been deaf because, they can't see you. They can't see your mouth move. Yeah. 
it's been it's been hard. I did see something the other day where they dubbed over different. Um, <laughs> they were doing interviews and they dubbed over different voices, and so that was <laughs> <I know. laughs> that was a really nice play on the whole 2020 issue. Um, here's something I want to know. What impact, and probably Dan, you have had more of this because you do, I mean, like, like speaking is your job, right? right. <laughs> um, what impact has different, like, where have you struggled in communicating because of language issues? Does that make sense? Like, wh have you ever had any struggle with language um, right. or wish you could do something more, but were yeah. limited? Yeah. For me, and not necessarily right now, but in the past, you know, I've worked with people all over the country, and uh, and you know, we have English, but we have many different uh, dialects of English, and we also, uh, you know, Chris is a is a perfect example. Uh, he's got a heavy accent that's never going to go away, and for somebody like me who, um. There, you know, I, I hear, I can hear what you're saying, but uh, there are a lot of times in the past where that language barrier, speaking the same language, but we're speaking and it, it's almost like speaking a completely different language um, because of, you know, of our accent and our dialect. And um, it, it can be very difficult in, in situations like that. Uh, moving up here. Um, right. Yeah. You know, how's that? Uh, you know, they sometimes, sometimes the words that I say are funny to them um, <laughs> because I'm, I mean, I, I'm from, we're still all mid Midwesterners, but I'm, I'm pretty far South. I was pretty far South. Now I'm pretty far North. And uh, the, the words sometimes that I use don't, uh, don't mean the same things. Don't mix. I remember being, I moved from Columbus, Ohio to LaGrange, Georgia when I was young and could not oh, yeah. literally i had to memorize the vocabulary words because she would the teacher would just say mrs miss south that was her right. name <laughs> that's appropriate and i would have to memorize because i would be like what is she saying i remember aisle you know i would say aisles ah ah and i'm like ah, right what is she saying to me right, right. And so I, I learned very quick. I mean, it was, fortunately, I was smart enough to understand. Just memorize the words and you'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, but now, Chris, so you are trying to learn. Have you had any difficulties well, or issues? Well, let me tell you, actually, which actually mm -hmm. reminded me. When I first came to, when I started getting my first job at Bank of, Bank of America, was at a bank. Now, this is back in the 80s. Most bankers at the time were either waspy, a very, you know, uh, you know, very high class, whatever. So I showed up with my accent. <laughs> so my boss came right out. This guy, Steve Mernick, I will never forget. He says, Chris, don't speak to clients. Avoid talking to clients. You run numbers. You sit in the corner and just run numbers. That's it. You're good at numbers. That's it. So I have this complex. He created a complex. I couldn't even speak because I was so nervous that people won't get my first time around. So I went to my... You know, every year they will put like a little valuation. Uh, Chris is very good with numbers, but he has to improve his English communication. And I got sick and tired looking at that thing and I have to improve. I said, I'm in this country now 10 years. I mean, how much can I improve? So I walked into the guy's office. I said, look, I'm going to take long, I'm going to take some uh, action elimination classes. So I found this lady and the bank actually had to pay for it. 
because it's like a handicap or whatever that they called it, and I had to pay for it. So I sat down with this lady. I, was, I think the bank was paying $150 an hour at the time to teach me how to use my, uh, to suppress the accent, to not really eliminate it. So I was reading Dr. Seuss <laughs> books, and I was using the nasal American Sam, I am, <laughs> green eggs and ham, okay, <laughs> instead of green eggs and hum, okay. And it's funny, and uh, they're roaring all the art and everything. So, but out of all this, of course, my accent stays stay my accent. But I think I got confidence. Out of all this, it was my confidence booster. So I was able to speak to you now. Of course, I'm a teacher and a professor, so my accent doesn't bother me. So it's kind of fun now to speak, and I don't have that that ability to uh, communicate for no reason. So that, but that was created this. I had this. It's complex, if you will, because I was already discriminated that I can't speak. I kind of think so. That's fascinating. <laughs> and I will say, I mean, yeah, and but the lesson, like I'm always trying to yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm always trying to tie back, you know, real life lessons that anyone listening to this podcast can use. Yeah. Um and, and and we're learning it on so many levels, but right now you are exactly perfect where you are with whatever your accent is. Yes, you can improve it. Um, but please, please, please. Um, know that we're all learning new accents and that you're perfect just as you are. And I hope that you don't get <laughs> complex about like, I know, I'm, I'm okay. I passed this 30, 80 years. No, no, but anybody listening might still feel I mean, that. Of course, yes, of course. It reminds me of a joke about languages. Shall I say it? The joke? Yes, please. While I'm there looking this, at my next one. There was this scholar that comes out and says, you know, there are 7,000 languages in the world. I think, uh, I guess uh, you mentioned that. And it says, you know, all languages, they have something in common. It says, where there are two negatives in a language, it means positivism, you know. And except the German, that can, that can two negatives can mean maybe still negative. <laughs> but no language, no language in the world, you have two positive that means negative. And the guy in the back of the room says, yes, right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love when That's I a negative. That's a negative on two positive words. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right. So here's how I want to kind of end. One of the things, because we are a notebook company, we are an app company that has a notebook. One of the other things, so sign language, yes. Double negatives, yes. Um, writing right to left is one way that our brains process, yeah. right? And um, Dan, I don't know if you know, um, what's the book lessons with God and conversations with God. And that gentleman wrote, um, with his left hand and I've done that. And it really, really, really does make a difference. So if you want to do some creative journaling or creative writing, write out a question, whatever you're struggling with right now, job relationship, you know, what movie to watch tonight and use your left hand to answer yourself Check that out. Try it out with the notebook. I'm not sure the app will recognize your handwriting <laughs> with your left hand or vice versa, whichever one. Um, I'm not sure that our machine learning software is that good. Um, it's pretty good. Um, so try that. And the other thing is reading books from right to left. Also, another beautiful way 
to strengthen those neural pathways. And I keep saying neural pathways over, but that is what language does. That is what language is. It affects different parts of our brain. So verbal language, sign language, and written language all affect different areas of our brain. And when you work on those, um, you know, learn something new or try a new technique with your writing, you will have, um, um, hopefully an improved thinking process, you know, that's what we're trying to do. And every little thing that everyone does, um, to help them think, think better, um, is our goal. It's our goal. So, um, anything else you guys want to share or add about language in your brain? Well, Hebrew, right? Hebrew is from left to right, right? Or Arabic is from left to right. Yep. So I guess and beautiful. Right. Yeah. Like it's like it's <laughs> art. Yeah. Yeah. So here are your takeaways. Um, try to learn a new language. Uh, Dan will be listening to your Greek soon. You can listen. To, actually, you know what? You could start by listening to Chris's jokes on YouTube because they've got the no, subtitles. No, no, right? That's a beautiful way. Um, try to journal differently. Um, either you know. You, Right to the left, I don't know how you would do that, but use your other hand, use your non-dominant hand for writing. Um, read new materials from right to left rather than left to right and whatever. Just do something different in your language than you normally do and see if that impacts you at all. Um, I want to thank you all so much, Dan and Chris. I love having you here. Thank you for showing up. And anyone who's listening or watching later, thank you so much. And um, next week, we're going to go through all the fun facts and trivia things I can find about thinking, which are hysterical. Like just our thought processes, super fun, super cool. You'll definitely get a nugget or two out of that um, and vibe. So we'll see you next week. Thank you all so, so much. Bye. Good day.